Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. If you want to hear more than just this highlight from the program, become a Coast Insider. And you can listen to the full episode, plus recent shows covering the mysterious death of Kurt Cobain, the possibility that government may soon reveal the truth about UFOs, and the power of witchcraft as told by an actual practicing witch. Start listening now by heading over to coasttocoastam.com and signing up for Coast Insider. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. We've got quite a treat for you this hour. Actor, singer, author, songwriter, dear friend of Coast to Coast, Pat Boone. And his uh, career in entertainment began when he emceed a teenage talent show on radio and television back in Nashville, Tennessee. And his first recording was made in 1955. He joined ASCAP in 1961, and his career has taken off like a rocket ship. And he is in the L.A. studios while I'm here in St. Louis. And, Pat, I hope your Thanksgiving was well with your family, and it's great to have you back. Uh, yeah, it it was wonderful. And there's a, one drawback, drawback is that my wife's been having some serious problems. And, you know, we're uh, all, oh. both of an age where problems are expected, but... Uh, she's putting up a good fight, and we're doing everything we can to help. And, of course, family comes together in these great times, and Thanksgiving, certainly one of them. And In fact, uh, last week was our 65th wedding anniversary. Oh, jeez, that's great. Now, for an entertainer, a guy. <laughs> that, that is unusual. In showbiz, 65 years. What made it very unusual, though, was she's in a hospital bed in our home, and— um, and she's being looked after by nurses and by me. And, of course, it being our anniversary, it had to be something special. And so our anniversary meal was pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we, we ordered pizza from a, a rather elegant pizza place in Beverly Hills because that's what she wanted. She wanted something fun and something nourishing and, and delicious. And then we had so we had pizza and after that, we had uh, Jamocha Almond Fudge ice cream from Baskin Robbins. I and, love uh, it. Well, we're going to put her on our prayer list. We've got a prayer list on Fridays, oh, Pat, please, and we please will do, do it. Please do. I mean, you're very spiritual. You, you, you always have been, haven't you? Yeah, really, since I was, I guess, 13. Uh, when I was 13, I, I was thinking very seriously, as I should, but not all 13-year-olders do, about where my life was going to go. And I was asking important questions about, you know, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Who do I, what do I want to be? And so thankfully my dad, a building contractor and mama, a registered nurse, very practical professions, brother, two sisters, I was the oldest, but we, we were church going people. We had uh, even family devotionals. Now I won't say every day, but often. So the Bible was kind of the centerpiece of our, of our lives. We were very all very practical, very with it, involved in all the sports and everything else going on. But this was kind of the linchpin. So when I was barely 13, I made the decision that I was going to ask God to take over my life and to direct my steps and, and help me do something with my life that might be of benefit to other people and pleasing to him. And I knew if, if that happened, that it would be a blessed life. I mean, I, I figured this out when I was 13. And I will say that ever since, I, I think I was an unusual teenager. I mean, I was, I was with it in every way except cursing. 
I never learned to curse. Good for you. Uh, and, and I've sometimes wished I had. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all get into situations where it would be a great release and relief to just cuss a blue streak. But I don't know how. I never learned how. I'm like you on that. And yeah. uh, so I find, you know what? When I'm on the tennis court with a friend of ours named Ed Lubin, we play singles tennis. I hear I'm 84 and we play really cutthroat competitive singles tennis, three sets usually on Friday or Saturday. But when I do something crazy and bad, my curse word is boon, <laughs> boon. Now the irony there is boon is, is an Anglo-Saxon word for blessing. So-and-so granted a boon to his subjects or so-and-so is a boon to his profession. Well, when I yell it on the tennis court, it's a cuss word. And they, and they know it. <laughs> Where do you get your energy, Pat? I, I, I'm sure some of it's genetic because I was, my dad lived to be 94, mama 91. They weren't even trying, and I am. And uh, so, you know, I was born with a good, solid, healthy body. But again, in those early years, I learned some principles about eating and what was good for you and what wasn't. And I majored in the good stuff, raw green vegetables and protein and, and uh, you know, raw milk and things like this that we know are really good for us. And then I can have plenty of sweets, which I love. But, but I, the balance is tilted toward the health. And my breakfast four mornings a week is cut up fresh fruit with cereal, uh, a good kind of protein cereal, with goat, yogurt, coconut milk, uh, uh, collagen powder, <laughs> uh, chocolate uh, protein powder. And this, a lot of people would say, well, that sounds like garbage. No, it, uh, it's very, very healthy. I must say, I, there are times when I'd rather just have scrambled eggs and bacon, and I do that a couple, couple mornings a week. But my long-winded answer is, I've just always tried to be healthy and, of course, stay active. Stay active. That is, that is so critical. Yeah. I, I, I remember when you first came on the program, what a delight it was for me personally, Pat, because as a kid, one of my favorite movies was Journey to the Center of the Earth. Oh. And I just, I just loved that movie, and I loved the way that you were in it. And then when we had the opportunity to interview you and meet you, mm -hmm. I mean, it was like a little boyhood dream. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Yeah, and, uh, I love that cool about How cool that was. Yeah, and I love that about life. And I, and I, I love when I hear from people, like you just said, uh, maybe younger than me and who, well, you know, some of the other performers have startled me. I was coming after the, uh, at the MCA, at MCA party after the Grammys one year when, uh, when the U2 had just won for record of the year with Beautiful Day. And I'm walking into the party behind uh, U2. And, and Bono is in front of me, and he's short, you know, compared to me. I'm about six feet. And uh, I, loud enough for him to say, I said, I think it's time Buno met Bono. <laughs> and he turns around and he says, you, we met before. I said, what? We did? He said, yeah, in England. He said, but you wouldn't remember. We were, I think, he, I think they were called the Journeymen or something. Some, they, they were thought of as a Christian rock group at oh, the moment. Cool. And uh, he said, we met, we were on tour, you were, and you, you didn't know us from anybody, but you were nice to us, but so we remember you. So when I realized the Beatles and Bono, uh, that is you too, and some of the other major stars, they were just kids when I and Elvis 
and others were coming up and, and having our heydays. That's right. And then we get to meet them, and they may have outstripped us by far in their careers, but they but they still look up to us as forerunners, kind of, and the kind of people they were jealous of while they were young. And, and you knew the, the the giants of the industry at the time, too. You knew Bobby oh, yeah. Darren. You knew Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Did you ever meet Tony Bennett? Oh, yeah, many times. He's, he's still going strong, isn't that he? That guy, what's he, 92? He, yeah. He was just on the Christmas show with... Uh, he just keeps going. With Diana, Diana... Oh, goodness, I'll let her name slip. Uh, the pianist, anyway, we all know. And they're still singing together. And, of course, he and Lady Gaga as well. And, and, and Tony... <laughs> You know, you get the impression he can hardly stand up, but he can still sing. And uh, and I, my hat's off to him because he he has done two things with his adult life, paint and sing. He kept it, everything else. I used to see him at the gym. He never worked out. Uh, he just went in the steam room and, uh, and, and was just there. I didn't know exactly, couldn't tell exactly why he was there because he wasn't working out with any equipment or doing any exercise. But I think it was his means of, of just kind of staying healthy, and, and that he's done, and boy, it's paid off for him in a big way. I remember when the great Andy Williams passed away a few years ago, and we yep. had you on to react to that, yep. and you had told us the incredible story that you were offered the song <laughs> Moon River and passed on it. You didn't think it was yeah, going to be a hit. You said, gave it away. They gave it to Andy, and look what happened. It was his career song. One of my great moves. <laughs> Henry Mancini came to the house with Randy Wood of Dot Records, who ran the company, and he had written this song for Breakfast at Tiffany's, the movie, and he felt he had a good song, and it was sung by a chorus, and, of course, with his orchestra in the movie, but he thought it ought to be recorded by a male vocalist. So I listened to it, and, of course, I had great respect for Henry Mancini. I called him Hank. I said, Hank, uh, this is a beautiful song. It really is. But, you know, it's about a river. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not a love song. It sounds like it ought to be a love song, but it's not about a person. It's about a river. And we've got Old Man River and Up the Lazy River and other river songs. And I, I just don't hear this as a, as a hit record. So he, he was disappointed, and he went over to see Andy Williams. And Andy, he heard something I didn't hear. And the funny thing is, he, Andy always sang it like it was a love song. I think, I think a lot of people think Moon River is a love song, but it's not. It's a, and in fact, one of my big hit records was Gold Mine in the Sky. Yeah. And I mean, it was a big million seller, a gold record. And it was while my record career was just booming and looked like I could put out anything, the phone book, and it would be a hit. And it wasn't till later that even I stopped to listen to the lyrics. It's about a guy singing to his mule. That's funny. Go they, along, old mule. Da, 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 da. But they're going to, together, he and his mule are going to find a gold mine in the sky. And it was, <laughs> teenagers were loving the song because it sounded like it might be a love song. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.